And if you've never read the Bible in its entirety, I suggest that you do that. If you've only read it once and think that you know everything that there is to know about it, I suggest you to read it again. Because you will find something new each and every time. Pastor Jeremy's probably read it 50 times, and he told me the other day, he says, even after 50 times of reading through Scripture, I still find things that I didn't notice before. And I understand that. Because even in preparing for a sermon, while up here preaching a sermon, I noticed something that I did not notice while preparing it. Having read it a dozen times, it just didn't click through me. So you see, the, finally, the Holy Spirit will reveal something to you when you read Scripture that you didn't think about before. Or maybe life circumstances have changed, and when you read it this time, it, it means something more than it did before. So the mind is a funny thing sometimes. And if you want to understand the mind of God, he reveals it to us in his word. And he'll reveal it to us at our time, at the time we, he thinks we need it. So what you need to do is you study his word, you study it diligently. And always start off with a prayer of thanksgiving. And request for our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to be opened to understanding his word. So let's do that right now. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word you have given to us that reveals a little about you and your guiding hand in our lives. And we ask that you will open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to a greater understanding of who you are and help this time of learning strengthen our faith in you and your word. Amen. So today we'll be looking at scripture in Genesis to see where the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah, is found in the book of Genesis. And if you think my sermons have too many scripture verses in it when I have three to five chapters, think about I had the entire 50-chapter book of Genesis to start with. So, if your hand gets a cramp when you're right, sorry, rub it out and keep going on because there's a lot of verses here. And on that note, I just want to say thank you to the audio and visual guys back here in the back for not only doing a great job, but for keeping up with me. See, I love talking about Jesus. And when Jeremy says, can you do Jesus in Genesis? I'm like, I can do Jesus in the whole Bible. He might not be there, but I can put him in there. (laughs) Some verses don't, don't have Jesus in it. So the title of today's sermon is called Jesus in Genesis. And it contains three sections. First, we'll look at Jesus at the beginning. Then we'll look at Jesus during the story of Genesis. And then we'll have Jesus prophesied in Genesis. So let's begin. And where do we begin? At the beginning. In the beginning are the first words of the Bible. It's in the first book of the Bible. So it's the first words of chapter in uh, first chapter of Genesis. It's the first words of the Bible. And if we are to begin there, we begin where? At Genesis 1 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. 
Now I started off with these first three verses in particular because, well, they're at the beginning. And in it we see the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In verse 1 we have God the Father mentioned as the fourth word in the Bible. In the beginning, God. In verse 2 we see the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. But where does it mention Jesus? If you're looking for the name of Jesus, he's not there. He's not mentioned until later. However, let's see if we can find Jesus in the verses we just read. Let's go to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, there's them words again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now we jump down a few verses to verse 14 of John chapter 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The correlation here is that as in the beginning was the word. And in verse 14 we see that that this word became flesh. And it dwelt among us. So now that scripture has interpreted scripture. In that the word is Jesus. And he was there in the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis 1-3 real quick. Then God said let there be light. And there was light. Then God said. He spoke. Jesus was there. John 1 3 says, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Colossians 1 16 and 17 says this For by him all things were created that were in that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And in him all things consist. So verse 16 shows that it was by him, through him, and for him that all things were created. Jesus Christ was there in the beginning. Further down in chapter 1 of Genesis, in verses 26 and 27, we see, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So if you notice in verse 26, it says, let us, God is is showing plurality here. He's conversing with someone, or multiple someones, right? He says, let us, our image, our likeness. However, in verse 27, he says, man was created in his image, showing the singleness. This shows the triune nature of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but also shows that they are of one accord, one thought, one mind concerning everything. Since Christ was there at the beginning, it is safe to say that the Father was including him in this conversation. In John 
chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus mentions his relationship with the Father when he says this, I and my Father are one. This shows the cohesiveness of the Father and the Son. Moving on to the next text, showing Jesus at the beginning, we go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Since Jesus is the only one in the Trinity that actually has a physical body, he is the only one that can make a sound when walking through the garden. You might be thinking to yourself about the time Moses saw God's back and proves that God has a body as well. Why don't we take a look at that in Exodus chapter 33, 18 through 23. And this is Moses talking. And he said, please show me your glory. And God replies to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will be, have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, and my face shall not be seen. So God showed Moses his glory. The glory, righteousness, majesty, and holiness of God is such that we may not look upon it and live. Moses saw the glory of God, but was unable to see the face of God. There's no mention of any sound when God passed by, just that his glory and the backside of God was seen. Recall that later, when Moses descended from the mountain, with the Ten Commandments, his face shone because he was in the presence of God. Kind of wonder if he'd seen the face of God just how bright that would have been. He wouldn't have lived. So not only do we have the pre-incarnate Christ walking through the Garden of Eden, we see that Adam and Eve hid themselves from him. Jeremiah twenty-three twenty-four says this, Can anyone hide himself in secret places so that I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? If God fills the heavens and the earth, who are they hiding from? David writes in Psalms 139, 7 through 10, this. Where can I go from your spirit? Oh, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning... And dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. There is nowhere to hide from God. But Adam and Eve still hid when they heard the sound of God walking in the garden. This was Jesus taking a walk through the garden in the cool of the day. We cannot hide from God. Nor can we hide from Jesus. But it might be easier to think we can if he's there physically. Right? There are times when we see Jesus. At the beginning. These are the times we see Jesus. At the beginning. It's during creation. 
during the discussion to create man and walking through the garden. Now let's get to the times of the pre-incarnate Christ during the story of Jesus, or Genesis. Now we come to the part where we get to see the appearances of Jesus in the book of Genesis which are not associated with the beginning or with prophecy. These are a few times in which the Messiah was alluded to or there was a physical manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. And first, let's look at Genesis 11, 5 through 9. This is at the Tower of Babel. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, people are one, and they have all one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and, and there confuse their language. And they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of, the, of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Much like the conversation in chapter 1, we see the plurality when Yahweh speaks in verse 7, and the singleness when he speaks in verse 8. This is the triune God in which the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are included and in one accord. They went and confused the languages of the people and caused them to scatter all over the earth. Let's look at the next part in which Abraham had just been circumcised, along with his son Ishmael, and all his servants and slaves in his household. Abraham was 99 years old at this time, and then the Lord appeared to him in Genesis 18, 1 through 5. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent of the door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him, and when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. And bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please, let a little water be brought and wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And they said, Do as you have said. It's obvious there's a physical person there with Abraham. One of, one of them is the pre-incarnate Jesus who was talking with Abraham. The other two are the angels that were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah for its destruction. As we established earlier, no one can look upon the glory of Yahweh and live. And Abraham was face to face with him as well as giving him water and bread. There's a physical manifestation of Christ. Their conversation continues in which Abraham and Sarah are informed of the coming birth of their child Isaac at 99 years old. The next time we see Jesus is in the part where Jacob wrestles with God all night with a man in Genesis 32 verses 22 through 30. And he arose that night and took his two wives his two female servants and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. 
Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go for the day breaks. But he said, this being Jacob, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he says, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. With Jacob wrestling with a man, as verse 24 states. And verse 28 states that Jacob had wrestled with God and with men. Jacob also notes that he has seen God face to face. This is the pre-incarnate Christ who was wrestling with Jacob. And Jacob prevailed. And this is not because Christ could not have beat him. Because he was strong enough to do so. But because he withheld his strength so that Jacob could learn a lesson. And if you read the rest of the story, you see that Jacob's demeanor changes after this incident. These are the times when Jesus is mentioned in Genesis, during the story of Genesis. Now we come to the part where Jesus is prophesied in Genesis. There are about seven different sections that are prophesied in the book of Genesis. So let's start with Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Since women do not have seeds, but rather eggs, which relies on a man to provide the seed to fertilize the egg, how can she have a seed? This is the part where Jesus is prophesied as coming through the birth of a woman whose egg was fertilized without the help of a man. In other words, a virgin birth. This is also prophesied in Isaiah 7:14, where he says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. As well as showing that Jesus Christ was a child born of a virgin, we see this in Matthew 1, 18 through 21, which states, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived of her in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. The book of Luke reiterates this in the telling of the announcements of, of Mary's pregnancy when the angel Gabriel visited Mary at night and told her she was going to have a baby. This was about this time was about six months after Elizabeth, her cousin, was pregnant with John the Baptist. Let's look at Luke 1, 
verses 30 through 35. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call him his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of God, a son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So prophesied in Genesis, and again in Isaiah, and shown to have come true in Luke and Matthew. Matthew, who was with Christ during his mission as one of his apostles, may have heard this from Jesus himself. Luke did a thorough investigation on Jesus, talking to those who had witnessed, who had been there, and were ministering personally about Jesus Christ. And this is shown in Luke 1, verse 1 and 2, inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things that have been fulfilled among us, just as those from who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word deliver them to us. See, they were given this story by those who were there from the beginning of Christ's ministry. They were also ministers of the gospel of Christ. The next part will go rather quickly. Meaning that these sections that show they all prophesy the same thing. And that is through Abraham, through Isaac, and through Jacob. That through them, through their lines, through their seed and their offspring. That all the people of the world will be blessed. This promised blessing to the world, to all the world was that through them, the Messiah, the Savior of all who believe in him and call upon his name, would come to the world. Let's look at Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you, will, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This promise of Abraham that is mentioned in verse 3, that in him all families of the earth shall be blessed, was stated again in chapter 18, verse 18, as well as in Genesis 22:18, where it says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. And again in Genesis 26, 4 and 5, we see, And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And also to Jacob in 28, Genesis 28, 14, he says, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
As I've said before, this promised blessing to all the families of the earth came through Jesus Christ. For without him, there would be no blessing of salvation through grace. Also, when we look at the promises God tells Abraham and Isaac, it is because Abraham obeyed God and he chose to do the voice of God and all the families of the earth were blessed because of this obedience. So when we choose to obey God, when we choose to follow Christ, when we choose to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our hearts and our lives, it is not just us that are affected. It is our families. It is those who are around us. And also our descendants. Because if you train your children right, generations down where you won't even know will be coming to Christ because of your faith. I'm not perfect. You can ask my son. I'm not perfect, but I strive to do this. To be an example for my children. Now finally we come to the prophecy concerning Judah. In Genesis 49.10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Alan Ross in the Bible Knowledge Commentary on Genesis explains this verse like this. When the promised one who will rule the nations appears, the scene will become an earthly paradise. These verses anticipate the kingship in Judah culminating from the reign of the Messiah in which nations will obey him. The NASB, as well as the New King James Version, renders the third line of Genesis 49.10 until Shiloh comes. Many sources, including the Targum, which is the Aramaic Uh, paraphrase of the Old Testament see Shiloh as the title of the Messiah however the Hebrew word Shiloh should be rendered whose it is that is the scepter will not depart from Judah until he whose it the scepter is who it belongs to or as the NIV puts it to whom it belongs similar words in Ezekiel 21 27 until he comes to whom it the crown rightfully belongs were addressed to be the last king of Judah to Jesus belongs the scepter to Jesus belongs the crown Matthew chapter 1 gives the genealogy of Jesus from Abraham all the way to Joseph through Judah the son of Jacob it was through Judah's descendants that David came King David and a line of kings after him. Jesus Christ the Messiah prophesied in the Old Testament is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David as mentioned in Revelation 5.5. 5. And we saw him prophesied in Genesis 49.10. The last line, and to him shall be the obedience of all people, can be shown in the words of Yahweh in Isaiah 45.23, which says, I have sworn by myself... The word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that to me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. The Apostle Paul, who was trained as a Pharisee so he knew scriptures from what we now call the Old Testament. He knew them very well. He states this in Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalt, also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and of those in heaven and of those of earth and those under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord so make sure that you know Jesus before it's too late come to him today and let him rule over your life so we have seen that Jesus was in several places in the book of Genesis he was there at the beginning during the creation of the universe during the creation of man during the fall of man during the tower of Babel wrestling with Jacob talking with Abraham and providing safety for Abraham's nephew Lot by getting him out of Sodom before it was destroyed Jesus was prophesied about the coming one who would be a blessing to all the people of the earth because of the obedience of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and as the king through the tribe of Judah there are some who think that reading the Old Testament is a moot thing that you don't have to do it they don't bring it to light that it doesn't bring anything to light but it does they're wrong you see knowing that Jesus was there from the beginning in the garden and interacting with people long before being born of a virgin can strengthen your faith that Jesus Christ is who he says he is one with God the Messiah the promised one the savior of the world who defeated death and hell upon his resurrection after his death on the cross for our sins he is the price that was paid for our sins and he overcome the world to provide for us through his grace to become the righteousness of God if you do not know him I ask that you consider seeking him today come up and talk to me or one of the elders that will be down here after the service so let's go ahead and stand see Jesus loves you and he knows who you are your name was on his lip it's a cross he was there from the beginning and he will be there at the end because he is the alpha and omega the beginning and the end Let's pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, creator of the universe, we thank you for showing us who you are and for showing us that you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have always been with us since the beginning just as you are with us now. We ask that you will continue to change the hearts of those who follow you and that we will always seek to know you better and that those who do not know Jesus as their Lord will come to him to seek him and have an understanding necessary to follow Christ. Be with us as we leave here and go out into the world and help us to be bold to tell others of the gospel of Christ. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray these things. Amen.